Well, howdy there. This is just me, little old FP Jerome, trapped in the bottom of this hole here. And instead of trying to get out, I'm going to tell you about what happened last time on Pearl River Roll. You see, previously, our three heroes, well, now, they don't know these heroes yet, but our three adventurers had, uh, who was they? I'm a gladdened you asked. We got our Barbarian, level one. Randall Rhodes, played by Daniel Palmer. We got, well, the Warlock. I don't much kindly take to Warlocks, but this in here seems like an alright feller. His name's Bon. I reckoned I done heard his second name, but he's been played by Robert Morris. And of course our rounding out our party of adventurinators is a guy by the name of Elben Dribben. Played by a little guy named uh, James Cody. Elben is a uh, ranger. He's a wood elf. He's all of the, of the first level, if you know what I mean. But anyway, last time we had tuned in to watching eight the adventurinizing, these three had gotten some orders from their superior Garm Stoutfist, uh, take no nonsense. Well, maybe he does take some nonsense. I don't really know how the feller takes his nonsense. But he's a dwarf, and he done uh, toldenized them to get out there and defendinate the city of Greygast. And we do want to thank Flannel of uh, Minnesota Dice for letting us use his uh, amazing creation, Greygast. And then that old feller there, um, Flannel, he's got a great website at uh, MinnesotaDice.com. That's C-O-M dot C-O-M, you know, with the, with the with the letters and the symbolizing, punctuating uh, things, marks, yeah. Well, you see now, them, uh, okay, anyway, back back to where we was getting at. Them uh, fellers there, they had gotten their orders from Garm Stoutfist. We was filmonizing all this in the uh, Sauce Studios uh, down in town, or in uh, Fondren there. We want to thank Nate, the Salsa Mississippi Studios. And uh, what had happened was they had gotten their orders, and they had made the finest breakfast the city of Greygast had seen in years. Old Drebin had stolen him a turkey leg, and, well, I mean, he didn't steal it. He just kind of borrowed it for future use. It ain't like he's going to give it back, though. <laughs> Whoo, that'd be a hoot if he did. Now, anyway, uh, they were going to go, uh, they'd gotten their orders, and they were about to go off and make sure that this city was safe from wild animals. What kind of wild animals? Hey, wait, y'all. Somebody's going to let me out of this hole. God dang it, dude. To clear, I'm going to let y'all listen to the rest of Pearl River Roll. How? Get me out of this hole now. And uh, the, the rest of the ride proceeds kind of uh, normally. You guys will eventually make it to a long cul-de-sac. At the end of the cul-de-sac, there are three houses. This is up against the wall. The walls of Greygast are architectural marvels. They're giant 
they're you know 100 feet high in places uh, this is one of those places very solid masonry people often in the poorer parts of town such as the stacks where you are will build their houses right up against the wall to kind of give it some foundation this is frowned upon technically illegal but as constables you rarely deal with that sort of crime code enforcement isn't exactly all's thing so uh, when you get there there's a barn up at the end of the alley it is a large barn it is very poorly made uh, there are animal pens all out in front there is a crowd of drunks and farmers and peasants just yelling and screaming and stuff and you realize why there's a crowd of drunks uh, because right next door to this barn is a tavern. The tavern is called, and it's also probably a brothel, you're going to guess just from looking at the sign. It's called the Raging Heart on Wood. Hi there, Dungeon Master speaking. You'll notice my little uh, post-game comments due to the sound you just heard. Yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, pitch in on the naming of the heart on wood when you're naming loca locales in your game it's very important that they have a memorable name one thing that always irks me is when players go oh we're going back to that place that uh you know the tavern the inn that uh giving a place a memorable name will prevent that even if sometimes the name has to be a bit ridiculous anyway <laughs> and it's got the the emblem of this tavern is a a heart a large deer straddling a piece of wood a log elvin's gonna go ahead and confirm that yeah this is indeed a brothel and uh yeah it's not it's not the best one in town but it's certainly one <laughs> bond is gonna look at elvin and say no because <laughs> of last time so We've confirmed no on that, uh, Eldon. And uh, right next to that is a, a farmer's kind of house. It looks like maybe several families live here. Uh, but it is clearly somehow related to the barn more so than the rest of the uh, stuff is. Definitely more than the brothel. The, there's a bunch of junk kind of in between the, all the buildings, especially there's like an alleyway kind of between the brothel and the barn. You guys are really kind of skeptical about what goes on in the alleyway between a brothel and a barn, but, uh, you know, it's there. Elton's going to confirm that uh, real shady, shady stuff goes on in that alley. Yeah, I, I, I got a pretty good idea what goes on in that alley. <laughs> Bond, do you, do you think about this very much? Bond's from the stacks, you know what I mean? <laughs> Bond sees some shit that nobody believes, so Bond is just like, eh. Okay, you guys are pretty jaded crew, and <laughs> the, the and then between the barn and the house uh, is again, it's just kind of rundown stuff. There clearly people are living here more than it was probably designed for. So you make your way up. There are a bunch of drunks. There are farmers, and then in the middle of this group, there is a there animal pens. One of two of them have been burned. One side of them has been burned down. Uh, very, very, it looks like some very hot flames burn this thing down. And then there are six geese. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, not six geese, nine geese that you can see 
just milling around, honking, flapping at people. There's feathers everywhere. The drunks are failing, trying and failing to run up on these geese and tackle them and stuff. Uh, there are, it looks like you can count about six drunk people just flailing and yelling. And then there's two farmers that are yelling at, and I mean, this is just a chaotic scene. Everybody's rah, 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 rah. Uh, the crowd, the drunks, the geese. Uh, the crowd, the drunks, the geese, all yelling and howling at each other. And then the two farmers are engaged with a bitter argument with this dude in a big robe who has a giant staff who is demanding something from them. Hmm. What Elton. do you do? Eldon's going to waste no time. I'm going to run straight at these geese. I'm going to go for two. If I can jump over something in a cool way in the process, uh, that would be Alright, Bon Eldon just starts, jumps off the wagon and just starts charging into the crowd. Do you yell at him? I say, damn it, Eldon. <laughs> I just yell, geese! <laughs> Alright, uh, give me a dex check to get through that crowd. I got high dex. <laughs> got a big dex, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That big dex, it's all about how plus you use three. it though. So that's that's, a, plus three. that's an eight. That is, uh, generally, if it's not above 10, it's not important. So you uh, plow into a bunch of people. <laughs> Some drunks start elbowing you and shoving you back. Yeah, what are you doing here? And then the, you, the guy that is arguing with the two farmers says, Oh, see, now the constables got involved. This is what I mean. Bond gets up. After he says, damn it, Elvin, and just walks up and um, uses his faith. Is this to fear people or to charm them? I am going, I am going to charm them. Okay. I am going to charm them. I really like the way that 5th edition gives warlocks more tools to deal with... Uh, influencing the weak-minded. What's the point of having mysterious powers if you can't use your natural charisma and excellent voice to influence others into doing your bidding? That is why I'm asking you, yes, you, the one listening, to subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Perhaps you should go to PearlRiverFlow.com and purchase some sweet merch. Or as we call it, future trash. If you would prefer to be more direct in your giving, you can always just do the donate button on the website. Not that you would fall for such a thing. <laughs> no. Anyway. All right. The, uh, the crowd, uh, the, the non-drunks disperse immediately. Mm. Or they, they, they are attentive. What do you tell them to do? I tell them to calm down. They do. And if you would, do me the biggest favor. Please try to get these geese. They are not going to do that. Y'all, he would have had to have rolled a 20 
to make those drunks fuck with those geese. I'm just saying. Geese are fucking scary. Anyway. They okay. are definitely, they're, they're, they're paying attention. They're calm. They're not going to put themselves in any danger. Dungeon Master's note here. The drunks are actually a pretty important part of the encounter. If he had rolled a 20, I think I would have at best kept them out of the encounter for 1d4 rounds. The guys later do a pretty good job of uh, neutralizing them, but they are an important part of the encounter. And just a simple spell like that, like I said, would have had to have been tremendously successful. On paper, he totally had enough uh, magic to make the drunks do whatever he wanted. But, you know, that's what the Dungeon Master screen is for, so they don't know that, that those drunks failed that save. Anyway... Okay, then I tell them to leave. They do. They leave. You guys have seen this before. That was a goose. <laughs> it's a mechanical goose. Reminds me of that time I was in the Rankin of County. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Eldon's going to look at one of the drinks. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you got a payback coming. You got a So the, uh, the crowd... You guys have seen this before. Bond just walks up to a crowd. Like, there's this weird... The light gets a little weird. Bond looks a little taller than normal. And he's normally a pretty tall guy. And then people are suddenly paying attention to him. And he asks them to leave. And they do. Uh, the drunks, however, ain't having that shit. What do you mean? This is, this is a personalist... Personalism matter? You don't get to cops up in in here and yell at a man trying to goose. This is more of a personal aside than a dungeon master aside, but that uh, that drunk comment, that drunk speech, that comes from the heart, baby. That's experience. Anyway, one of them, uh, Randall. What are you doing? When uh. When when Randall sees Bond do his do his thing, uh, he'll 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 try his hand at interceding. And when he does, he says uh, he gets up and he he says to uh, to the donkey of the chuck wagon. He's 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 like, oh baby, I've seen this before. He's doing his fear thing, baby, sapphire. Dungeon Master speaking. Apparently, Daniel named the donkey Sapphire. I had named the donkey. But we're going to go with Sapphire, and y'all never know what I had named the donkey. Anyway. Randall Rose is going to be right back. I'm going to uh, run over here and get some of these geese up, and we're going we gonna to get this party started. Uh... Basically, what I'm going to do here, baby, is I'm going to run up and I'm just going to grab one of them geese, man. I do like how here Daniel has not stopped doing his voice, although he has stopped speaking in character. Things get pretty mixed up in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, guys. Things get pretty mixed up. Anyway. All right, so the crowd's out of the way. You'll have a little easier time. You're going to have to get past some drunks, though. Let's give me a uh, acrobatics check. 
It's a 17 plus foe, baby. Yeah, okay. Randall talks to the, 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 the mule, which is apparently named Sapphire. Sapphire. That's my sweetheart. Gives, a, gives, her a, gives her a stroke on the mane. Puts his feet down with his frilled boots. Takes a couple of nice steps into the hay. Jukes on the drugs. Like, goes to the left. They start, one of them starts coming at him, and he just, like, spin moves. Swims over the first guy. And then just flat foot leap dives over the next one. Lands on his shoulders. Rolls into probably something he wish he hadn't as he goes through the barnyard. And is right up in the middle of the geese. Who immediately see a threat and are working with uncommon determination they turn on him all right elvin elvin it's your turn <laughs> okay am i prone or am i still standing oh, you're still standing yeah they're just they're just in your face you got um, drunks in your face drunks in my face do i do i recognize any of these drunks these are kind of my people mm. i'm gonna roll for that for you uh, you know, you, you recognize one of them and you're like, it's Carl. Something that you should keep in mind is that in my games, there is inevitably a Carl. It's just a name I like to use for NPCs. And the people who have played with me before will often guess the name Carl when they are looking for an NPC. So, you know, pro tip. Anyway. Carl, baby, what you doing, man? You guys, you guys, you gotta, I know you're out here having fun, but you gotta dial it back a little bit, man. You gotta dial it back. I'm so, on duty right guys, now. guys, it turns out this is not Carl. He just thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is why it's important to always roll intelligence and wisdom rolls yourself instead of letting the player see their own one. That way they think they have not been an idiot up until the last minute. Just like real life, you only fail the best when you don't know you failed at all. Obviously, this isn't as useful when they're doing like dexterity checks or strength checks. They know they failed immediately. But with an intelligence check, it's really nice to have them think that uh, that's Carl, for instance. When in fact... It's <laughs> the guy he's talking to is actually Tim, the angry drunk. Do does Randall know this? Do you, do you actually probably have run into Tim, the angry drunk, before? Now, you, Bond has definitely run into Tim, the angry drunk, before. He's had to haul him in for cutting a guy up. Okay. They uh, they call him Tim, the angry drunk, because Tim, the knife, is another guy who stabs people whose name is also Tim, but Tim is also a guy who stabs people when he gets drunk. Some call him Tim. Tim draws a really big rusty knife and holds it up in your face. Okay. There, Elvin, and he goes, hey, tell me what to do. I don't listen to you crapstables anymore. Put me in prison for just cutting the guy's face up. It's not fair. So I see this. I yell out, watch out, baby. He's got a blade and he's known to cut faces. I just want to point out that everything Daniel said about Tim is true. He has a blade and he's known to cut faces. 
You're like, oh shit, this is Tim. Oh, Eldon is not like, oh shit. Eldon well, is going to take his club right. and try to backhand him across the lip with it. All right. 15. 15. Plus two strength. Uh, yeah, Tim, angry Tim, the angry drunk, pulls out a knife, and then you're like, that's a knife. This is a club. That's not a knife. Yeah, <laughs> give me some Give club. me some damage. Uh, three, I mean, no, plus your strength. Yep, that'd be plus two. Yeah, that, Tim the angry drunk is not particularly stout. He, oh, he falls back and goes down, and two of the other drunks like grab him, drag him off, and start dragging him away. They're like, oh, no, no, okay, he didn't mean, don't arrest him, man. We're just trying to get, we're just trying to have a little fun, man. They start backing away. Uh, Bond, what are you doing? Bond is going to try to find the, uh, the farmers. Okay, the farmers are very easy to find. They're engaged in this argument with this large, robed dude who has a big beard. Mm -hmm. Bond is going to walk up to them and use his um, intimidation to try to calm them down. All right. 17 okay. uh, plus 4. Plus, ooh. Man, all three of them just are like, uh, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> 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 Hi. Sorry, officer. We were just uh, having an argument here about the uh, geese. Bond looks at him and says, which one of y'all, which one of you people are in charge of these geese? Okay, well, the moment you say that, the, the two farmers, they're both, one of them goes, those are my geese. And the other guy goes, those are, uh, sorry, those are my geese. He let him out, and the guy, other farmer goes, I had let his geese out. And then the guy with the beard yells, Those geese don't belong to these two. They belong to the city. Those are the wild geese of the city. And then the, the first farmer's like, They are not the wild geese of the city. Those are my geese. I pick up my staff I, 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 on my spear, and I put it back, and I slam it on the ground. And I use my intimidation again to tell the dude with the beard, there are no city geese. So the thing here is that his role wasn't that good, and neither was the NPCs. It wasn't good enough to influence the character, so I could have just said nothing happens, but rather than nothing happening, this character was not going to get involved in the fight in the next round anyway, so we played it up a little bit. Having bystanders that can and having bystanders that don't necessarily take an action every round can make things a little more unpredictable. Maybe they are just delaying actions. Maybe they aren't going to get in and just get a lick in on every round. Maybe they just want to punch you when you're down or things like that can can give characters a little leeway to try out social things and to use them as a human shield whatever so i do like the technique of having some npcs not be involved in every round also if you let your players think that you're doing it on purpose sometimes it makes up for the fact that you just forget an npc for a round bonus anyway okay <laughs> give me an intimidation check <laughs> this guy is of the firm belief that there are city geese and he 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 holds his hand up with one finger out and he gets 
a pamphlet out of his out of his robe and opens it up and starts to look at some things. Randall, what are you doing? Um. So Randall's in the middle of those geese, right? Yes. In the, middle of the nine geese. They are all looking at you. In case you're wondering why geese, the reason for that is simple. I wanted our first encounter to be something a little different, be something memorable, to be something that the players would have some sort of real life uh, reference to, something that they don't really have to lean so much on fictional depictions of geese so much as everyone, you know, we, we live in Mississippi. This is a Pearl River flow experience. We all have experience with geese, and they are terrifying. So I wanted to have something that the players had a real-life reference for that would be not incredibly threatening, and this is important, would not necessitate deadly violence. This kind of lets the players get a feel for what kind of character they're going to play. Now, as you see, the characters and players may decide to escalate things a little bit, but I do want to point out that this is a very, very easily could be a nonviolent, non-lethal encounter for everyone involved. Anyway. Mm, I don't like the way these birds are looking at me, Daddy. Looks like I'm going to have to blast one of them in the jaw, baby. Uh, okay. He's going to drop kick a goose. <laughs> Looks like that's what I'm going to do, Daddy. <laughs> All right. I'm give drop a, kicking uh, a goof. I'm going to give you an attack roll. How about that? that? Sounds good. They're not that easy to attack, but they're pretty, they're pretty quick. <laughs> that's a crit, baby. <laughs> 20. Right. Natural 20. Uh, you, guys, you guys are watching. You guys happen to turn when you hear a... As Randall just straight up like walks up and just slaps a goose right in the face <laughs> so hard that it dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> snaps its neck when he hit slaps it. Now if just... open hand slap, does that feel fake to you? <laughs> goose just <laughs> falls down. The guy goes, hey, the farmer's, hey, that's my goose. I don't know why I'm Italian all of a sudden. <laughs> And the, the guy that was talking to you with the pamphlet goes, This is, those geese belong to the wilds of the city. You can't just go, this is an outrage. You constables are on the side of these monsters who slaughter geese for no reason. And, and then the geese, then the geese attack. There are eight geese remaining, Randall. <laughs> and they have identified their common foe. These geese are working together with uncommon like coordination and determination. What's your AC? Uh, Fifteen. That's right. As a barbarian, as a shirtless barbarian, he is incredibly well armored. <laughs> it's just the the intimidation factor of the guy with no shirt on is intense. It's all the baby oil, baby. It's hard to hit me. He is quite greasy. It's, it's, it's actually bacon grease from this morning, but <laughs> he smells amazing. And maybe it's the smell of uh, the bacon on him that causes the first goose to come at him. Dungeon Master speaking. So the mechanic, the basic mechanic here is that if you have a goose on you, you are disadvantaged. The geese are very easy to grapple. They're 
fairly difficult to hit. They don't do any damage unless they roll a 20, and even then they only do one. However, if you get one on you and it makes a hit roll, you're disadvantaged. So the key here is not to get mobbed by geese and get multiple disadvantages and just be slowly humiliated in front of the crowd. These guys are in very little danger of actually dying. However, they took way more damage in this fight than I thought they would. Let, let's let's watch that happen. Feet flying, claws in his face for one point of damage. Oof. And the other goose goes right between his legs and pecks him right in the junk as he flails around on him for another point of damage. And with the two geese in your face, you are now at a disadvantage because he's goose covered. Two more geese attack. <laughs> <laughs> one of them gets in your face, so now you're, yeah, you're disadvantaged already, so you, you're, uh, he's not doing anything extra. Oh man, this one rolled a 20. <laughs> so you take two points of damage. So that's four so far. So far, and there, he is covered in geese. You know, there's just like a pile of geese, and then you just see Randall flailing in the middle of it. He's on the ground now, he's prone. Is, ah, and they, it, it looks bad. Help me. Help me, Daddy. <laughs> they getting me. I feel the need to point out here, because I don't know that Daniel ever did, that Randall is wearing a frilled leather vest that shows off his pecs and abs. And uh, mid-calf length height. Basically, just, yeah, tall leather boots with a fringe this is a pretty bitchin wrestling outfit fortunately for him as a barbarian um he can also get the bonus to his ac that is provided by his constitution which is significant so he's not actually wearing armor he's just wearing fancy leather clothes which is a little creepy Anyway, they get in, and then the guy, the, the guy with the, the pamphlet is like, oh, the wilds are taking their claim on people like him. This is what it comes to. I tell you, I tell you too. And then he's just rambling and he's got this pamphlet with him. And it's all about how uh, things in the city belong to everybody. And the wild, the forest is the way of the world and stuff. And it's just got these weird illustrations and he's flipping through it and yelling mm. and pointing at it. Just, and the farmer is just like, my geese, you killed one of my geese. And the guy's like, I told you to build a better pen. This is ridiculous. We live next to a brothel. <laughs> There's going to be all kind of people trying to get in here, the geese. Now, the other two drunks have dragged Tim the Knife guy away, and they've kind of backed away, while the other three drunks, one of them comes up, and he, like, comes up to you, and you're, it's hard to tell Eldon if it's an attack mm -hmm. or if he's just stumbling drum, drunkenly in front of you. Give me a, uh, wait, what's your perception? Perception? It'll be under wisdom. Okay, you, uh, I rolled it for you. you. This guy, you know, if you just step to the side, he is going to fall over. And you do. And he falls down. And uh, the other guy 
The other guy takes, he decides he's gotten enough of this. He's going after a goose. He runs in and he starts trying to grab a goose off of Randall, but he's drunk and it's not much use. <laughs> All right, Eldon, it's your turn. You got a, a drunk on the ground. You got one of them that's just kind of drunkenly pointing and yelling at you. Uh -huh. You got your buddy covered in geese. And there's a guy over there trying to grab those geese. One of them. Yeah, over. one of the drunks is trying to grab a goose. Eldon's just gonna run and double kick that guy in the back and try to knock him into a goose. Okay. <laughs> Dungeon master speaking. You see that right there, running up and making an unarmed attack to push a drunk into a goose. That's just not the kind of physics-based gameplay you're ever gonna be able to find in a. Uh, computer RPG. That's what tabletop is for. And I say that, you know, amusingly as a joke, but also in a serious manner, that is why it is important for uh, there to be players who have physical strength, who can pick up a table and throw it at things. And in your uh, computer RPGs, a lot of the time, strength is just another number to make your uh, damage numbers go up. But in a tabletop, it can allow you to interact with the environment in a way that weaker characters cannot. And it lends... The player playing the dumb strong guy should be smart. Now, uh, you know, whether or not any of our guys that are playing the dumb strong guys are that bright remains to be seen. But this guy did just come up with the brilliant strategy of shove a drunk into a goose. Which speaks to all of us, I think. Anyway, yeah, you make an unarmed, you can make an unarmed attack on a bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's all hyped up, man. He had a knife pulled on him. Six. Six. You run up and you <laughs> try to kick this guy right in the ribs and just completely miss. Give me a, a agility check. <laughs> what is that acrobatics? Yeah, acrobatics. Uh, Nineteen plus three. You you <laughs> kick. You slide on one foot, and then you're like gonna fall over, but you do a backflip. <laughs> of course. And land right back on your feet, just like, I meant to do that. Like a uh, cat. <laughs> and the drunk guy looks up at you, just like, what the shit, as a goose jumps on his face. <laughs> yeah. All right, Vaughn. Vaughn looks over there, and I'm just, and Vaughn says, damn it, Elvin. <laughs> Um, I'm going to uh, use Minor Illusion on the bearded dude. Okay. I'm going to use my voice to sound like a lion. I'm going to tell him to leave. Okay. So, is that a nine or six? That's a six. Six, ten? Ten. Uh, his saving throw was not very good on that. He actually, he believes that you have the voice of a lion. And it's going to be, he's going to have to look this up in his book. Get out with the voice of a lion. What does the lion tell me to do? And he gets his book out and he starts flipping through it. The uh, farmers, I mean, we'll see what they do on their turn. All right, Randall, you're covered in geese. This could be it. Um, this could be the end. <laughs> so Randall's on the ground covered in geese, right? Yes. Well, eight, he's a he's, geese. He's a worker. Uh... He likes to uh, to make things exciting for the crowd. So while he's down there, he's gonna just a small cut 
on, on his forehead. I mean, you've, you've got several small cuts on your forehead from the geese claws. So I've got color, baby? you got some color. All right. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> I need to pull some heat on me. Uh, first of all, I'm just going to stand right on up. I'm going to try to do that. Okay, give me a... Uh, let's, let's make that a strength check. Got to, at your disadvantage, so roll it twice and take the lower. So four plus four. That's an eight, baby. Man, you were covered in geese. You thought it would be easy to stand up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These wild birds. Wild birds. Can I try to grab one? Yeah, give me a, give me a grapple. You're at a disadvantage. <laughs> roll a one. <laughs> That's going to be it. Never mind. So he, he goes and he tries to grab a goose, and he, he actually does manage to grab what he thinks is a goose, but is actually a drunk guy. And he grabbed grab my own leg. <laughs> he grabs his own leg and then elbows himself in the face. He's like, oh, that goose is, oh. And then so he's rolling around, and the geese are getting, getting on him again. The geese have decided he is defeated now, though, and they've started to kind of spread out. Two of them stay on you. You're still at a disadvantage. <laughs> they are not laying off. Two of them go after the drunk. One of them pins him to the ground and the other begins <laughs> pecking him horribly. God, these geese are rolling fucking gangbusters. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Two more geese come after you, Eldon. One of them is one of them just kind of runs under your feet between your legs, and when you look at it, the other one just right in the face. Just boom. <laughs> you take a point of damage, and you have a goose on you. <laughs> you can swear the one between your legs is flipping you off. <laughs> the other two, sp God damn it. <laughs> like the sixth time these geese have rolled higher than 17. <laughs> So the other two geese, one of them runs around the uh, in the little courtyard and knocks over a, a lantern, <laughs> which starts a fire, while the last one attacks the guy in the robe who is really thrown back by a sudden goose in his face. He goes, this wasn't in the book! <laughs> As he's hit with a goose. That made Bond laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You should get a better book. So this, uh... I, never mind, I'm covered by two geese. I was going <laughs> to see if I could see the book he's talking about. Or... Uh, hang on, the, the farmers are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> These right. geese, I have never, you, you hear them, just like, I have never... Geese are fucking tough, but this is ridiculous. What are these geese paladins? I look, <laughs> um, I look, Bond looks at the two... Level seven geese. Bond looks at the two farmers. It's like, two things are going to happen. Some of you geese are going to die and get the fire out. Some more. I already killed one. <laughs> they, they're, they're thinking about that real hard. All right, Eldon. How far away is this guy with the book? You, 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 he's probably a good uh, 15, 20 feet, and you got, you got a goose on you. Got a goose? Oh, so I gotta worry about like In your face. You can grapple it or animal handle it. Uh, can I club it? You can also club it. Yeah, Elvin's, Elvin's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Take 
<laughs> Eldon's out there swinging at geese, y'all. <laughs> at least it wasn't on one. It could be. You're at a disadvantage. You need to roll again. We're all gassed from that big breakfast. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, y'all are all like too full from this big breakfast you had and everything. All right. Could this be it for our heroes? Could they all get killed by a bunch of geese who are rolling like mad? Our heroes are rolling a whole lot of ones. And these geese are rolling a whole lot of 20s. Find out next week what's going to happen on Pearl River Roll.